Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hey, Amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. <coughs> Truly, we serve an awesome God. Me, if I'm at the wrong place this morning, I'm excited. I said, I said, don't we serve an awesome God? Hey, man, just turn me up just a little bit in the, in the amps. Hey, man, God is a good God. Despite all that we may have to endure, despite all that we may have to go through, God is yet still a good God. And it takes maturity in your life and your walk with the Lord to be able to say what David said. I will bless the Lord at all times. In the good times, in the bad times, in the in-between times, in those times where I really don't feel like giving you praise, I can still find a reason to give God the glory and to give God the praise because he has done something that has literally blown my mind. He has kept me when I could not even keep myself. He kept me in my right mind when I should have lost my mind. He helped me when I needed to be helped. He loved me when others said that I was unlovable. Somebody ought to just give God a praise right there. Hallelujah. 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 Come on, take your neighbor. Say, neighbor, wake up. Come on, take your neighbor. Say, wake up. We are in the land of the living. Amen. We are in the land of the living. And what an awesome experience it is. Amen. To be in the land of the living. Once again, we thank God for all of our visitors. Amen, that are visiting with us on today. Amen. Hopewell, we want to say congratulations to our own uh, Minister of Music, Elder Steve Maurice Robinson, Jr. Amen. He received at his school in Atlanta, Georgia, he received Student of the Year. Amen. So we want to say congratulations. Amen. 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 He is rightfully... Amen. He is rightfully due that honor. Amen. Traveling those highways and byways every week. Amen. He ought to be student of the year for at least three years just for that. Amen. To catch up with all the gas money that he done spent. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Amen. We truly thank God. Amen. For this awesome experience. The presence of the Lord is in this place. Amen. The presence of the Lord is in um, this place. We give all praises unto God, to all of our ministers and elders, to our deacons, to our mothers, to everyone in their respective places. There is a word from the Lord. If you have your Bibles, go with me to 2 Kings chapter 4. 2 Kings chapter 4. Will you have it? Let us stand for the reading and the reverence of God's word. 2 Kings chapter 4. <coughs> Second Kings chapter four. Hey, we're going to start at verse one, and it reads as this: Now the wife of a son of the prophets cried to Elisha, "Your servant, my husband, is dead, and you know that your servant feared the Lord, but the creditor has come to take my two sons to be his slaves." Elisha said to her, "What shall I do for you? Tell me." What have you of sale value in your house? She said, your handmaid has nothing in her house except a jar of oil. Then he said, go around and borrow vessels from all your neighbors, empty vessels and not a few. 
And when you come in, shut the door, shut the door upon you and your sons. Then pour out the oil you have into all those vessels, setting aside each one when it is full. Verse 5. So she went from him and shut the door upon herself and her sons who brought her the vessels as she poured the oil. When the vessels were all full, she said to her son, bring another vessel. And he said to her, there was not one left. Then the oil stopped multiplying. Then she came and told the man of God. He said, go, sell the oil and pay your debt, and you and your sons will live on the rest. I want you to turn to your neighbor. You have to say this with great, with such great conviction that even if nobody else believes it, you believe it yourself because you are, you've experienced your stuff in your life. Turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor, neighbor. He's, all he's all I got. Come on, find another neighbor and tell your neighbor and say, neighbor, neighbor. he's all I got. Come on, find somebody behind your choir. Find somebody at that fire and tell him and say, he's all I got. Come on, find somebody across the ways. If you got to point him, I know it's rude, but just point this one time in church and tell him, say, neighbor, he's all I got. Father God, we thank you and we praise you, Lord God, for your presence and for your power, Lord God. We thank you. We give you the glory and the honor. In your name we pray and we say amen. He's all I got. We are living in such times of uncertainty. We are living in times where you can have a job today, but really when you go in tomorrow, you don't really know if you're going to still have that job. In fact, you can go on your lunch break and come back and there might be a pink slip for you telling you that you no longer have a job. We're living in such times of uncertainty that you can wake up in the morning and look out the window, about to go in the bathroom and brush your teeth, and you come back, gas price done went up 20 cents. Well, the estimated projection is that gas is going to get to $5 plus a gallon. Oh, man, $5 plus a gallon. We can complain and talk about, all oh, gas prices are high, but we're going to be the first one at the gas station getting some gas because we don't have no other choice. But we're living in such times of uncertainty where we're not just seeing older people die. We're not just seeing younger people die, but we're seeing a mass between the ages, the young and the old, that are quickly going home. There was a young man um, last week at the Marion High School um, that, that took his own life. There was a young man last week from DeSoto that was killed in a, in a motorcycle accident. We're living in such times of uncertainty where we really don't know what's to come. We don't know what's really to come. But I came to let somebody know that despite all the uncertainty that's going down around us, despite all the craziness that's going on around us, how riots are breaking out in other countries and, and riots are breaking out here and riots are breaking out there. But the one thing that we can be able to rest assured of as believers of Jesus Christ, if you are a believer of Jesus Christ, is that Jesus is all that we have. When we have nothing else, when we don't have a job, the Bible says when my mother and my father has forsaken me that Jesus would take us in that when we have no when we have no confidence in no one else we can be sure of this one thing that Jesus is all that we have what do you do when you're facing a problem with your children that you cannot solve what do you do when your marriage is on the rocks and the crashing waves of hopelessness are unrelenting What do you do when there are problems at work and it seems as if there is no way out? What do you do when you have too much month left at the end of your money? What do you do when you have followed a loved one's body to the graveyard and you cannot escape the loneliness, the grief, and the pain? What do you do when your heart is broken? Your dreams are shattered. 
and your hopes have been dashed to bits on the cruel rocks of reality. What do you do when you're walking through a spiritual wasteland and there seems to be no way out? This widow here can be able to attest to the fact that I've lost all that I've had. But I can still be able to hope. I can still be able to make it because I got Jesus. I don't have money. In a few days, I may not even have a place to stay. But I still have Jesus. This widow here shows us and she demonstrates to us the life of what happens when we let go and allow God to supernaturally intervene and move in our lives. Um, This woman shows us just how powerful faith can be in times of uncertainty. Um, This woman, this widow, who the Bible says, husband is no longer alive. We have to remember, saints of God, that back then in those times that the husband was the breadwinner of the house. Most of the time, the wives did not work. The husband were the main ones that were working and bringing in the bread, bringing in the butter, and bringing in the night to spread the butter. They was bringing it all in. And so with her not able to have her husband, not only was her provider gone, but now her protector was gone. The father of her children, the lover of her soul, and now is no longer there. So what is she to do the bible says that he was a man of God that feared God but now she's stuck at the place that my husband is gone and now I'm in debt over my head and if I don't pay if I don't pay the creditors they are threatening to come and tell me that they would take my children away what do you do what do you say to a woman that has lost it all what do you say to someone that feels as if There is no more hope. What do you say to somebody when they say to themselves, you know what, preacher, it does not matter what you say. It does not matter how you try to convince me. I know the end is near. Uh, You said, you, you, you always say, preacher, that God will never put more on us than we can bear. But right now I am on overload. And I don't know how I am going to make it from point A to point A and a half because there's so much that's going on in my life that I am so overwhelmed that at any moment, at any second, I am going to bust open. I got pressure on my job. I got pressure at home. I got pressure when I come to church. I got pressure all around me, God, that seems as if there is no way out. It seems as if that you are not letting me even breathe, God. This woman, everything that she had is now gone, and she's desperate. Have you ever been desperate before? That you've been to the place that you went all, you went all, to every resource that was available, stuff that you hadn't even heard of, stuff that you made up, and you tried to go to it, but there was nothing that you could be able to do to be able to help you, and you were stuck in a place where there was no way of escape. This woman, this widow, uh, can be able to attest to the fact that she's got creditors calling her house every hour upon the hour, every second, every minute of the day, asking, where is my money? We all know what's that like. We tell the kids, hey, go answer the phone and tell them that mama or daddy is not home. And they they do just what they actually do. They, They pick up the phone. They say, my mama told me to tell you that she's not here. And they're calling, and they want that money. But the Bible says there was a man of God that came her way. 
a man by the name of Elijah, a prophet of God that, 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 that studied and that was mentored by Elijah. We know the great man of God, Elijah, that was able to shut the heavens that no rain was, that no rain would be able to come upon the inhabitants of, these, uh, uh, of the Israel that were sitting at that time. He studied on this man of God, and now he comes to this house, and it, it blows my mind how the, uh, it blows my mind how Elijah just shows up out of the blue. Just pops in. Hello, how you doing? And he pops in and he asks the lady, what shall I do for you? He said, what can I do for you? I am available to do whatever it is that you need me to do in your life. And then the next question he asked her, he said, listen, what do you have of value in your house? He said, listen, I'm coming to help you, but let me, let me analyze and evaluate and see what you already have in your house that may be able to bring you out of what you're in. What we have to realize, saints of God, is that, listen, God sends Elijah to show up on the scene to be able to supernaturally move in her life. But the first thing that God has to do is, and he asks us, it's not just our run that he asks us what do you want from me and what do you have in your house what he's trying to get her to understand is that widow you are in a desperate spot that you have no other option but to trust me you have no other option but to trust the God on the inside of me and what blows my mind Elder Robinson is that listen God has to erase the widow's faith Somebody looking at me strange, preacher, what are you talking about? No, I did not say that God erased the widow's faith in him, but he had to erase her faith in herself. Because as long as she had faith in herself, as long as she believed in herself, as long as she looked to herself, she would never be able to look to God. There comes a time in your life where God will have, where God will have to delete everything that you have in your mind, that you think about yourself, that you think about your resources, that you think about what you can do to let you know, I got this. I'm the only one that can be able to supernaturally move in this situation. So I have to get you in the place where you realize that everything that you tried to do, it didn't work. Every phone call you tried to make, it no one answered. Every letter that you sent, no one responded. Every text message that you sent, nobody replied. I have to get you to the place that you realize that you have to become empty before me. That you have to come empty before me and realize that I am God and I can do anything but fail. But you gotta let me come in. God has to erase her faith. And she was able to realize how empty she was when he said, what do you need? I need money, preacher. I need some money. I'm about to lose my stuff. He said, what do you have in your house? What do you have in your house? What do you have around you that can be able to get you out of the stuff that you're in? And listen, he has one thing. When God erases her faith in herself, he has to expand her faith in him. So that she can be able to realize. Who he is in her life and how he can do any and everything but fail. Saints of God, I'm looking at some people right now. I know you're dressed up. You got your best suit on. You got your best dress on. You got your best hair on. You got your best makeup on. All of that good stuff. But, 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 but underneath all the stuff that you have on right now, you are, you looking at me and you saying, preacher, if you keep preaching like that, I am going to throw a book at your head and take you out because you all up in my avenue, in my street, in my corner, in my closet, all of that good stuff. 
stuff. And listen, God is trying to get somebody to understand that he is trying to expand your faith in him. He's trying to get you to the place where you stop looking at everybody else, where you stop looking to the preacher, you stop looking to mama and daddy, you stop looking to your job, but that you start looking to God. Because ultimately, when there's no one else around, God is a present help in the time of trouble. And he has to do some things personally in her life before she can be able to go out and testify. Everybody want to have a testimony, but they want to be processed by God so that God can do some things in their life. So they won't be witnessing and telling a lie, but they can be witnessing and speaking of the goodness of Jesus. He tells her, he says, what do you have in your house? And she said, preacher, all I got is a pot of oil. And really, it wasn't even a whole pot of oil. It was just a flask, a, a flask of oil, this little small thing of oil that her husband used when he was not the preachers. So she really didn't have much. But he said, listen, what do you have around you? What do you have in your house? And God is saying to us that in, in all reality, saints of God, everything that we need, we already have it. I can't get no help today. Everything that we need is already in the house. We just have not activated everything that we have in the house. Let me just let me just pause and, and just put something church-wise in there. There should never listen, there should never come a time that within this local assembly that we ever have to go outside of the church to be able to get anything done. Ah. I know I should have said that at the church meeting yesterday, but that's all right. We'll say it today. There should never come a time where we have to go outside of the church to have anything fixed, to get anything looked at, because everything that we need is already in the house. Some stuff we haven't activated yet. Some things we need to reactivate. But everything that we need is in your house. Ask your neighbor. Say, neighbor, what's in your house? What's in your house? What's in your house? What's in your house? He tells her, listen, God has already done everything that you need him to do. God has already made a way of provision. God has already made a way to provide for you. But you just have to access the stuff that you have on the inside of your house. Come on, ask your other neighbor. What do you have in your house? What you got? What you got in your house? What do you got in your house? Because what you think may be small, what you think may be insignificant, what you think that may be insufficient, God says, I would take the little thing that you got. I would take the small thing that you got and use it to bless you beyond measure. God has already done everything that he said he would do. God has already done everything that he said how he would meet your need. God has already done everything that you needed him to do, but you just have to access. Tell your neighbor, say access. Access what God has for you. I don't care if it's a pot of oil. God can use that pot of oil and he can expand that pot of oil. God can, God can preserve that pot of oil to be able to be the biggest blessing in your life. I don't care what it is. Listen, you may have a hoop that's riding on some donuts. I don't care what it is, but God can take that car and expand it until you're able to get another car. He will make sure he will preserve that car to make sure that nothing gets broke. And if stuff does get broke, God will make sure you have the money to be able to take care of us. Listen, God can be able to take little and be able to turn it into much. We serve a God that is a preserving God. I'm looking at some people in here on today. You've been through hell. You've been through tornadoes. You've been through some earthquakes. You've been through it all, but you don't look like what you've been through. You don't look like what you've experienced. You don't look like what people have called you. God has preserved 
your life. Somebody ought to give God praise for preserving my life when I wasn't even in my right mind, when I should have been dead to go. God, you preserved my life. Somebody ought to scream, thank you, Jesus, for preserving my life. He took the little small thing that she had and he made much out of it to be able to provide for her. And he did not do it so that she could be able to boast and brag on herself. But he did it so she can be able to say with herself that I know without a shadow of a doubt that God is a provider. I know without a shadow of a doubt that God is of a healer. And listen, David said, it was good that I was afflicted. It was good that I was afflicted because I realized that his grace is sufficient for me. Because what happens is, saints of God, We limit God in our own little small carnal minds. God is a limitless God. God is a God without boundaries. When we put him in a place and we say, well, God, you can't do this because you show you can't you can't fix this problem. You can't you can't handle this. Why can't he? Didn't he make you? First of all, let's bag up. Who are you? Did he not put the moon in the sky? Did he not put the sun in? Did he not touch you? Listen, that he's so powerful and, and, and awesome that he can just thump us tonight and we can be out of here. We put God in a box and we confine him to a box where he's saying, let me free so I can be able to supernaturally intervene in your life. Let me free so that I can be able to do some awesome things in your life. But we have to stop limiting God with our minds because the Bible says his ways are not our ways. His thoughts are not our thoughts. So things won't always make sense to us naturally, but that's why we have to have spiritual discernment. That's why we have to look at things with our spiritual eyes and be able to see what it is that God is up to. We put more faith in others than we do God. We put more faith in the doctors than we do God. We put more faith in our jobs and our bosses than we do God. We put more faith in our pews. When you, when you came in and sat down this morning, you didn't check those pews. You didn't ask the ushers, have those pews been processed? Has anybody fixed it? You went on and sat down because you trusted the pew. You opened the door this morning. You didn't say, oh, but they're going to come off the hinge. Why don't they get this door? You opened the door and came on in. If we can have that much faith in some pews and the doors, why can't we have that much faith in God? So he's working, he's working with her faith. He's working with her faith. And then this prophet of God tells her to do something. This bold preacher tells her to do something crazy. Look, uh, uh, look at verse 3. Elijah done lost his mind. He said, then he said, go around and borrow vessels from all your neighbors, neighbors, empty vessels and not a few. What? Preacher, I'm already embarrassed. Everybody knows my husband is dead. Everybody knows that we're in debt. So you want me to go around and ask my neighbors to borrow some stuff from that? And not just a few, but you want me to ask for an abundance of empty vessels? She didn't go herself, but she sent a son. She said, listen, y'all go on out there. Junior, you go ahead and you go next door. <laughs> ah, she sent Junior. So y'all go on over there, and you're not going to. You asking them to borrow the empty pots. 
asking to borrow their empty vessels. Listen, when you are desperate enough, you don't care what it is that you have to do. You don't care who it is you have to ask. You don't care what it is that you have to say. Just the main thing in your mind is that I need a breakthrough. I need God. I need this to come to an end. So whoever I have to ask, I will ask him. If I got to knock on every neighbor's door to get a vessel, I don't care. I'm going to ask him until I get on the nerves. But I'm so desperate that I need God to move in my life. So God, whatever it is you want me to say, I will say whatever it is you want me to go, I will go because I'm so desperate for a move of God in my life. This woman probably going through all types of things in her mind. Probably somebody put up on Facebook, listen, when you're at your breakdown, that you're almost at your breakthrough. Uh, did nobody want to go, but that's okay. That's all right. We're going to keep going. We're going to keep going because we got to go to the nursing home. So we're going to keep going on down the road because nobody want to go with me. That's all right. That's all right. That's all right. And so she tells him to go and ask the neighbors for some vessels. Now, I know in her mind, she probably didn't say it with her lips, but I know she was thinking in her heart, preacher, you are crazy. You don't know the neighborhood that I live in. You don't realize I got some nosy neighbors and you want me to go and ask them if I can be able to borrow some of their vessels. Oh, how embarrassing it is that everybody knows your business. And she's out there, and she's out there publicly. But what I love so much about God is that when God exposes us publicly, he's not always exposing us to bring us to shame, but he's exposing us so that others can be able to see the glory of God moving in our lives so that he can be able to receive the honor and the praise. So never think for a second, saints of God, that God is trying to put you out on front street just to make you look back. Never think for a second that God is trying to expose you to put you out there to make you look funny. But he's doing it so that others can be able to see the God on the inside of you. And she tells him to go get the vessels. But what I love so much about this story is that the boys never ask, Mama, why are we doing this? They never said, Mama, uh, 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 why in the world are we going and asking? But we don't even know this guy. He could be a false prophet. We don't even know this joke. We don't even know this man. But we're going to take him at his word and go and ask some folks for some vessels. She said, yes, we're going to do just what the man of God tells us to do. Because, listen, boys, we are in a tough spot. We are in a tight corner that if God does not do something, you're going to be slaves. If God does not do something, we're going to lose our house. If God does not do something, then you might as well forget about college because we won't even have any money to eat food. But I believe, saints of God, that the woman deep down on this inside that she realized that, listen, I don't, I don't know what's going on. I don't have, I can't figure everything out in my mind about everything that's going on. But she said, I do know this one thing that God is up to something and I'm glad to be a part of it. And I believe that that faith that she had in the man of God, Elijah, that that faith went over to her sons, that they did not question their mother because they knew I can be able to trust mama. I can be able to trust the God on the inside of mama. And they go and they borrow the vessels. And the Bible says they bring the vessels back to the house. And they begin to fill the vessels. They begin to fill the vessels. Look at verse 4. And when you come in, shut the door, shut the door upon you and your sons. Then pour out the oil you have into all. Those vessels, setting aside each one when it is full. Tell your neighbor, say, neighbor, shut the door. Come on, tell your other neighbor, say, shut the door. 
Come on, say it with great conviction. Shut the door. Listen, saints of God, there come a time in your spiritual walk with the Lord that sometimes you literally have to shut the door. Sometimes you got to shut the door on some folks because if you don't shut the door on some people, their fears and their scares are going to start running over to you. And what you wasn't fearful about, what you wasn't scared about, you will start becoming scared because somebody else can, well, what you going to do if, if the man of God ain't right? Well, what you going to do if you lose? Well, what you going to do? Don't, don't tell me about what I'm going to do. I need you to believe with me and have faith that God is going to show up just in the nick of time. I don't need your negativity. I don't need your doubt. So I'm going to shut the door and close myself because when you shut the door on some things God can be able to deal with you God can be able to speak to you God can be able to confirm some things God can be able to let you know that everything is going to be alright come on tell your neighbors and shut the door shut the door. Sometimes you have to shut the door on that feeling of giving up. I know you done been through some things in this 2011 and you claim this year that I'm receiving from heaven in 2011 and had all these cliches and I know you're going through some things in 2011 and you experienced some things but I dare you to prophesy to your neighbor right now and tell them don't you dare give up. Don't you dare give up. Don't you dare give in. You are too close to turn around right now. You are too close to give in right now. You are too close to turn around right now. I don't care what may be going on in your life. If you're going to find you a spot, if you're going to find you a little room and you have to shut yourself off from everybody else, I don't care what you have to do, but you keep shutting that door. You shut that door off giving up. You shut the door off giving in because God, if God is with you, he's more than a world against you. I don't care what you may be dealing with, what you may be going through. I don't care what it is, but fight the feeling of giving up because when I can't trust nobody. I can trust God. When I can't trust my mama, I can trust God. When I can't trust the preacher, I can trust God. But I gotta fight the feeling of giving up. That lady had every right to want to give up. She had every right to want to give up and every right to give in. But something on the inside wouldn't let her do it. Something on the inside would not let her give up because she realized I'm too close to my breakthrough. I'm too close. I'm too, uh, I, I, I'm too close. I, I can't see it, but I can sense it in my spirit. I can't see it, but I can hear it. I, I, I can't see it, but I can taste it. It's just something that God is doing in the atmosphere. He's confirming things all around me to let me know that he's got my back. He's doing so much around me and confirming things to let me know that he's working everything out. He's been too good to me. He's never failed me before, so I can't give up. I can't give in. I know stuff may be tight. I know things may be uncomfortable, but I got to keep holding on. Things are changing here. I got to stay the course. I got to keep going, but I got to fight the feeling. I got to fight the feeling. I got to fight the feeling. Come on, take a neighbor again. Fight the feeling of giving up. I don't know who's that for today, but fight the feeling of giving up. Fight the feeling of giving in. I don't care how much pressure that you may be under, but don't you dare give up. God has invested too much on the inside of you. Don't you dare give in. I don't care if it's school. You don't spend too much money in school and have all these student loan payments to come. Don't you dare give up. I know, I know that a husband may not be acting right, but you invested too many years, too many Valentine's Day, too many anniversaries to give in now. I know your kids may not be acting up, acting the way that you desire them to, but you better not give up on them. You spent too much money your clothes and gifts. Don't you dare give up. And don't you dare give in because God is about to show up supernaturally 
in your life. God is about to show up in your, on your behalf. God is about to do something that will literally amaze you and blow your mind. Don't you dare. Come on, prophesy. Find you three people and tell them, don't you dare give up. Don't you dare give up. Don't you dare give up. Come on, everybody tell them, don't you dare give up. Don't you dare give up. Don't you lay your hands on yourself, don't you? And tell yourself, self, I'm not giving up. I've come too far. I've been through too much. I've seen too much. I've heard too much to turn around now. Oh, God, you've been too good to me. I can't turn around now, God. I can't give up now. Oh, I can't throw in the towel now. I know, I know there's so much going on, but I got to keep pressing my way. got to keep going because God is up to something. Uh, I, 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 I got to keep having faith because God is about to show himself strong and I can't miss out. I can't miss out. I can't miss out on what God is about to do. So I have to fight the feeling of giving up. Listen, Miss, Miss, uh, Miss Seeley had it right. She said, listen, I may be young. I might be, I, I may be black. I sure enough may be ugly, but by God, I'm still here. <laughs> Somebody is still here after all that you've been through. You're still here. You're still surviving. You're still kicking. And as long as I have breath in my body, I'm going to keep fighting. If I have to keep it, if I got to come out kicking and screaming, I'm going to keep fighting until God does just what he said. He tells him. He tells him. He tells him, he tells him, he said, go get the vessels, fill the vessels. Keep filling them. As you fill one, put it to the side. Fill two, put it to the side. But you keep filling them. Keep filling them. Keep bringing them. Keep bringing them. And what happens is, thanks to God. Is that God shows up, El Shaddai, God Almighty, shows up on the scene. And, and what was a little bottle, a flask of oil that was just a little bit left, God took that stuff and he multiplied. But the Bible says that soon it came to the time that she ran out of vessels. What? You mean to tell me just that little bottle, a flask of oil that she had, was the, that God was able to multiply and he was able to fill every vessel that came. God did it. He did it to show her I'm your provider. He did it to show her that if you don't have a spouse, if you don't have a companion, if you don't have a job, if you don't have a house, you still got me. And if you got me, you got everything. If you got me, you got everything. Bishop Trotter out of Chicago writes a song, and he says, if I lose everything but still have Jesus, I've got enough to start over again. If I lose everything around me, but yet still have Jesus. I've got enough to start over again. Everybody's standing. Everybody's standing. God wants to put soup on your natural. 
God wants to come in and, and come in divinely with some divine and supernatural interventions in your life. But you got to let go and trust him. Is it always easy? No. But you can do it. You can do it. Some folks in here, it took faith to get you to church here this morning because you really didn't feel like it. Or you had to endure so much to get here, but you made it. 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 We got to get to the place where we stop trusting ourselves so much. Stop relying on ourselves and our ideas. It blows my mind how sometimes people put so much confidence in themselves more than they do God. Yeah, it's good to have confidence in God. Don't limit God in what he can do. Because at the end of the day, when you leave here tonight, when you go home, one thing that we all got in common here all we got is Jesus. He's really all we got. Love my parents, love my sisters, love my nieces and nephews, love my entire family. But one day, they're not going to be there. And I got to learn now how to depend on the Lord. I got to learn to make him first in my life. I got to learn to make him the foundation in my life. We need the Lord. You say, well, preacher, I'm already saved. We need more of the Lord. Can't get enough Jesus. We need him more than we need a job. You need him more than you need a spouse. You need him more than you need money. You, we need the Lord. Come on, just lift those hands and talk to the Lord. Just tell him how much you need him in your life. I don't care what it is. Let him know how much you need him. It doesn't matter what you've been through, what you're going through, what you faced, the hurt, the pain, you still need him. And he can come in and heal all of that. He can come in and touch all of that. But you need him. You need him. You need him. You need him. He's been there every step of the way, even when we turn our backs on him. You need him. You need more of him, not just so that he can give you things, but you need more of him, more of his character, more of his personality, more of his wisdom. You need him. You need him. We need him. Listen, there's some people here, you just need, you, you just, you need strength today. I want you to meet me at the altar. You need strength today because you really want to give up. Truth be told, you want to give in. 
You want to give up. You want to give in. You want to throw in the towel. God said, no. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. No. 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 Too much has been invested on the inside of you. Too much. Too much has been invested on the inside of you for you to give up and for you to give in. Too much. Too much. Too much. Too much. Too much. Too much. Preacher, just come. Come and pray for him. Mothers, just come. Come and pray for him, mothers. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He can do it. 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 Now I see you too.